Welcome to the American Folklore and Paranormal Podcast. I am your host, Eric, and I am glad you're able to join me today as I present to you a woman of intrigue, of mystery, a woman who was able to overcome her circumstances, who was able to walk between multiple worlds of spiritually, economically, politically, and socially, to become a folk hero, a folk saint to the people of New Orleans. I am talking about none other than the voodoo queen of New Orleans herself, Marie Laveau. Now, Marie Laveau was born a free woman of color in the city of New Orleans in what is now the French Quarter. It is thought that she was born between 1794 and 1801. Now, she was born to Charles Laveau, a white Frenchman and politician, and her mother, Marguerite, was a free woman of color. Marie was a Louisiana Creole, a practitioner of Louisiana voodoo, African spiritualism. She was also an herbalist and a midwife. It is said that uh, Marie Laveau married a Creole man from Santa Domingo, which is now Haiti, a gentleman by the name of Jacques Paris, who was a refugee from Haiti uh, after... A couple of years after the Haitian Revolution, where the slaves revolted and overpowered and uh, kicked out their slave owners. It is reported that he was a carpenter, but after some time in the 1820s, it was reported that he disappeared and was later declared dead. And upon his disappearance, it is said that Laveau began referring to herself as the Widow Paris, which was customary at the time. Shortly after her husband's demise, Laveau started a relationship with another man named Jean-Louis Christophine Dominique de Grampion, a white man from a well-connected and political family in New Orleans. Although it was not uncommon to see interracial couples in New Orleans at the time, unfortunately the laws forbid uh, or forbade interracial marriage. So they did what most couples did in those times and they entered in what is called a common law of marriage. It is said that from that time on that she essentially gave birth to 15 children, although uh, baptismal records that were obtained in the St. Louis Cathedral only had seven of them but it is quite possible that many of the children were wiped out due to the several yellow fever epidemics that plagued New Orleans uh, up until the time of modern-day medicine. Um, we do know that only two of those children uh, actually survived to adulthood, one of them being Marie II, who would eventually take over Marie Laveau's uh, spot as Voodoo Queen of New Orleans. Now, Laveau became a hairdresser uh, to create an uh, economic stability for herself and for her family. And through this, uh, she was able to have a lot of interactions with her black clients who were often house servants. And there she was able to find from them personal information about her wealthy white clients in which she also um, attended to. Uh, these clients often sought her counsel, and Laveau was able to use this inside information to give counsel to the people who sought advice. In fact, it gave her um, extreme clout as being an excellent clairvoyant, 
although probably most of that came from information she already knew ahead of time. In fact, Laveau's reputation of being such uh, an excellent conjurer and root worker, as well as one who gave excellent counsel, uh, people from all over, both black and white, sought her personal advice in all affairs, whether it be political or in love or uh, you name it, money. They also came to her for protection against evil, as well as blessings for good luck, usually in the form of what is known as Grizz Grizz, or in some cases also known as Juju, which may be uh, a phrase you probably heard before. Essentially something that goes down the line of, ooh, that's some bad juju there. That's where it comes from. Now, voodoo in New Orleans or Louisiana voodoo is not exactly the same as the voodoo in which it came from, which is the island of Haiti. Uh, the voodoo there is considered a more pure form because it came directly from uh, West Africa as to where uh, when voodoo reached the shores, in New Orleans, uh, due to the various laws and suspicion that voodoo was under, uh, much of the voodoo's practice was suppressed and therefore it was kind of modified. And from uh, my understanding is Laveau was also a Catholic and in many cases she was considered a devout Catholic and she was able to synchronize both her voodoo and her Catholicity uh, in many ways, using her spell work along with well-known prayers, saints, and candles that made her white cu customers very comfortable in that sense. In fact, she actually took her Catholicism, from my understanding, quite seriously in the fact that she did ha actually have her own prison ministry. It said that she uh, sought out to minister to those who were on death row, to ask for them to do repentance, Although she was accused on several occasions of slipping poison to these prisoners so they wouldn't face execution. Although many accusations came, none ever stuck. In fact, in many cases, the church itself would actually stand up for Marie Laveau, according to some legends. It is said that her prowess with being a voodoo queen uh, was so well known that in her prison ministry, there was a certain case where a gentleman was being falsely accused of a crime and he was sentenced to hang. And she essentially walked into the courtroom and said if they were to try to uh, execute this man, that she would bring down a storm so heavy that they would have no choice but to relent and to set this man free. And thus, the next day, when they went to go hang this man, this fierce hurricane-like storm came through. And true to her own prophecy, they let him go. It was from that it was noted that she was no one to be trifled with. It is said that she took up uh, interest in the voodoo after her mother died. Uh, she studied, studied under a gentleman named Dr. John Bayou, who was a well-known conjurer or group uh, worker. And from that, it did not take long for Marie Laveau to dominate the voodoo scene, culture, and society uh, quickly. Although, um, as a voodoo queen, she was able to upsert many other voodoo queens and other challengers that would come along from time to time. But in each and every case, she was able to overcome all her circumstances and remain the one true queen of voodoo. 
Not only as a practitioner of voodoo did people come and seek her advice and her powers, but she would also lead the ceremonies uh, and rituals of voodoo, uh, which in, in, in many cases would conjure up the spirit of the great zombie, um, Aditi, um, known to manifest through snakes. So if you ever seen... Uh, Voodoo rituals, whether on TV or in person, a lot of cases you'll see the snake. Uh, that is a representation of the great zombie. Uh, many of these rituals places would take place in Congo Square, where both uh, African slaves and freed slaves would conjure together, and she would lead them in multiple types of rituals, while outsiders, essentially the white population, would look from a distance with suspicion. It should also be noted that many of the colonials were very suspicious of voodoo uh, in the simple fact that during the Haitian Re uh, Revolution, the night before the actual revolution took place, it was said that a uh, voodoo ritual uh, took place uh, involving an animal sacrifice. And when word reached the shores in what is then New France, today Louisiana and such um, it brought a lot of suspicion on those who practice voodoo it is also said that Marie Laveau also attended to many who suffered the several yellow fever outbreaks that would happen and won the hearts of many both black and whites because of her compassion which was something that was said lacked in her daughter who would eventually take her place as voodoo queen um it turned out that her daughter was uh, not as compassionate, not as uh, forthcoming, and uh, wanted to service the people of New Orleans and wound up actually starting a brothel and other such things and wound up drowning sometime later. It is said that in her later years that Marie Laveau possibly renounced her voodoo religion and fully came back into the Catholic Church. Um, it is possible that did happen. Um, she was given a proper Catholic burial at her death in 1881. But because of her legend as being voodoo queen, people to this day still come to where Laveau is buried in the St. Louis Cemetery, where up until 2015, uh, Followers of voodoo, as well as just people who admired Laveau, would come to her crypt. Uh, in some cases, leave a mark, a gift. It said that if you were to turn three times and shout into the crypt, that Marie would grant you your wish. But now that has been cut off because of so much vandalism uh, to her crypt and to the family uh, tombs uh, alongside with her, that the diocese... Uh, decided to only have that open when there are tours going through and it is under supervision. Well, I hope you enjoyed this about Marie Laveau. I find her a very fascinating woman. I, I know I went through this fast, but if you ever get a chance, go ahead and read up on her. In fact, uh, if you ever go down to New Orleans and do a ghost tour, uh, Marie Laveau is often brought up. Her legend is amazing. She, like I said, she's an intriguing woman, a mystery that walked a fine line between worlds. 
And with that, I ask only one other thing. If you will go ahead and click like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, every time you do that, that helps me grow. And I appreciate everyone who has been listening so far. And I just hope to grow that audience. If you happen to be on Spotify or somewhere where you can rate this podcast, if you could be so kind as to rate a five star and maybe some few kind words. Otherwise, if you have any uh, suggestions, uh, possibly topics, you could reach me at the American Folklore at gmail.com. It'll also be in the descriptions. Otherwise, I hope you enjoyed this. It's been a pleasure to be your host tonight. Have a good night. <laughs>